1: In the first six verses, Peter is addressing women, the wives, and being married to an unsaved husband. But now he tells the husbands what their responsibility is to be. And he says in verse seven, you husbands likewise live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Many women complain that their husbands don't understand them. And you know what? They're right. They're right. Most of the time when a wife says, my husband doesn't understand me, she's usually right. We don't understand. Most husbands really don't know what they should know about their wives, and we have to face that. So God put a verse in the Bible commanding us to learn about the woman that we married. Because we don't naturally understand them, God says, I'm commanding you to understand them. Let's look at this verse. Let's dissect it. He begins by saying, you husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way. The literal Greek says here, according to knowledge. It's a good translation or with understanding, but literally it means according to knowledge. Be a learner. Understand them. We are to understand the woman that we married. But how many men complain to their wives? I just don't understand you. What were you thinking when you did this? I would never have handled it this way. How could you do this? Why would you do something like this?
2: Well, we can all identify with that, can't we? I know people who have been married for over 50 years, and they still do not understand each other. Well, they may love each other dearly, but they don't understand each other. Let's face it, men and women are radically different in the way we communicate, how we listen, how we process what we hear, and we can go on and on with the differences. But there are ways, if we will learn them, to make adjustments that will help us to overcome those differences and to even use them to strengthen our relationship with our spouse. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Today we begin a series that deals with that subject and, in particular, the husband's responsibilities in the relationship. We men are prone sometimes to stress the biblical instructions to wives, especially when it comes to submission. But we must remember that the Lord has given some very challenging instructions to us husbands. Our topic today is the husband's responsibility, and it is indeed a responsibility that will stretch and humble us if we take it seriously. As we proceed through this series of messages, I suggest that you take notes, because Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff has some great ideas to help us learn more about our wives. Now, let's return to our class.
1: I am afraid that marriage has gotten a bad reputation these days, in spite of the fact that God... We've learned, as we've studied this, Genesis 2 created marriage to be a blessing and a help to man. He said that it's not good that Adam would be alone. And so he created Eve and brought her to Adam and said, this is now someone who you are one with. This is a relationship that you need. So God created marriage to be a blessing, a help to men and to women to complete them, and yet it has gotten a bad reputation. The reason it has is because of the increasing epidemic of divorce and marital conflicts. It's just gotten a bad name. I recently read about a seven-year-old girl who, after seeing the movie Cinderella, decided to test her neighbor's knowledge of the story. When her neighbor told her that she knew what happened at the end of the story, that the prince and Cinderella lived happily ever after, the little girl corrected her and said, Oh, no, they didn't. They got married. See, in that girl's mind, that young, innocent mind, she was just expressing what she had observed in her young life, that most marriages are not happy. They're not happy things. And, And others who have lived a lot longer than that little girl have seen the same thing and want no part of marriage. In fact, in in our society, it is in to mock and ridicule marriage. One cynic wrote these words. He said, every man plays the fool once in his life, but to marry is playing the fool all of one's life. That's his attitude. If you have seen comedians on television, they just ridicule marriage. If you've ever been to or heard of these ridiculous bachelor parties, really it's a celebration of a man who, who from their perspective, is losing all of his freedom. This is his last night of enjoyment, and, and our society just ridicules marriage. Now, why do so many people knock marriage? Because they've seen, as I said before, what a disaster can be created when a husband and wife don't get along well with one another. It is a horrible experience. But this isn't the way it was meant to be, and it isn't the way it has to be. In our study on the family, we are, we are discovering biblical truths, not what society has to tell us, not what psychology has to tell us, but biblical truths on how to have a marriage that is successful. We look number one, the first week we looked at the basics from Genesis chapter 2, and the basics are these. Let me quickly review. Number one, that... It is good. Marriage is good. It's not bad. It's not intended to hurt people. It is good. God created it for our benefit. Secondly, it is permanent. God said that that as you grow up in a home, you are only in a temporary relationship with your mother and father in terms of that basic unit of family. Then he said you are to leave father and mother because that's temporary, and when you unite with a wife, that's permanent. So, the second principle is that marriage is permanent. It is permanent. Thirdly, it is damaged by sin. Sin is always the cause of marital conflicts. And we saw that just illustrated in Genesis chapter 2, where the Bible says that before sin came upon man, before man fell that Adam and Eve were both naked and they were not ashamed. There was nothing they had to hide from each other, but in the very next chapter 3 of Genesis, that after sin entered the world, not only are they hiding from God so that God says, Adam, where are you? But also they're hiding from one another. They're covering themselves up. And that's what sin does. Sin blocks an openness and an honesty and a transparency, and sin damages marriage. That was the first message. Second message and the third message was on good, healthy communication because in many ways that's the foundation of a good and healthy marriage. If you do not communicate well, you do not have a very healthy marriage. And these are some of the principles we looked at, especially from Ephesians 4, which tells us that We are new creatures in Christ. The old man is passed away, and we are not to live like the old man anymore. All that we were in Adam, now we are in Christ. And that means that our relationships with one another is to be completely different. And so what Paul does is he contrasts in Ephesians 4 the old man and the new man. He says, the old man did this, but you don't do this anymore. You're not to do this anymore. Stop doing this. You're to do this. And we saw honesty. Honesty is the first principle we looked at because honesty means that we are to speak the truth in what? In love. We're to be open, and Paul says that. No longer speak falsehood one with another, but speak the truth in love. Then he spoke about dealing with problems daily. So don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the devil have an opportunity to turn your argument into bitterness and contention and malice. So you deal with problems now. Don't let them fester. Don't let them eat away at you. You deal with them. And we looked at other principles. Use beneficial words. Paul speaks about building up one another. Don't tear one another down. Don't use corrupt speech. We also looked at the principle of being a good listener. James says we are to be slow to speak and slow to anger, but quick to hear. We are to listen. Many of us are not listening. And then finally, we look to the principle of be a talker. Don't just listen, but you've got to talk. Okay, now this morning, we come to a most important part of our study. Not the most important part, but in fact, I think every part is the most important part, so I want to be careful about saying that. But a most important part of our study, we need to look at the responsibilities of a husband and a wife. Because every, every sports team has various players who have different roles and responsibilities. And, and in marriage, you're a team. For example, look at baseball, the sport that I'm most familiar with. You have different players on that team. You have about 25 players, and they each have different roles. You have pitchers. Some are starting pitchers. Some have a role of being a relief pitcher. And even in relief, some are middle-inning relief. Some are long relief. Some are short relief. You have everyday players, you have utility players. You have backup players, you have designated hitters, you have pinch hitters. You have you have defensive players, you have fl- players who are better offensively. And, and everyone on that team should know their role and responsibility, because if they don't, you have chaos. You have problems, you have confusion. Same thing holds true in marriage. Two become one, and now they're a team. But now what do you do? What's your role, what's your responsibility? On this team, what is the responsibility of the husband? What's the responsibility of the wife? This morning and next week, we want to look at the responsibility of the husband, and then after that, the wife. According to the New Testament, the husband has three basic responsibilities. We'll look at two this morning, and then we'll finish it next week. Number one is he's to be a learner. And this outline, by the way, is not original with me. He's to be a learner. And number two, he is to be a lover. I want to say before we start, men, I want you to take notes. Before your wives have to nudge you and give you the pen, you ask for it. Okay? Take notes, apply these truths, and you will not have to tell your wife, you need to submit to me. You know why you won't have to? Because she'll gladly submit to a man who understands her and loves her. When you find the wife who does not submit to a husband, usually usually something's wrong with that husband. If you have to tell your wife, submit to me, then you need to look at yourself, men. Because a man who loves his wife and understands her, as Christ says to do, doesn't have to tell his wife to submit. She'll gladly submit.
2: Well, I hope you're taking good notes. Did you catch that? If we husbands properly fulfill our God-given roles, that makes it much easier for our wives to submit to our loving leadership. And that will lead to harmony and joy in our marriages. There are two sources of authority. One is internal, the other is external. A husband who lives in such a way as to generate trust will find that his wife will be much more cooperative. That doesn't mean that there is no collaboration in the household. It just means that lack of complete agreement on something does not have to lead to an angry test of wills. If you just tuned in to our class today, you're listening to a teaching ministry we call Verse by Verse. Steve Kreloff is pastor-teacher of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. He has been ministering there for over 25 years. If you would like to hear this message again, it is available in either real audio format or as a podcast on our website, versebyverseradio.org. The website again is versebyverseradio.org. As we return to our lesson called The Husband's Responsibilities, have your Bible ready at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And remember this as we listen. If we husbands are to give ourselves for our wives as Christ gave himself for the church, we must gain a better understanding of how our wives think and what they need from us. Now let's return to class as Pastor Steve Kreloff shares how we can do just that.
1: Let's look at the first responsibility of a husband. Husband is to be a learner of his wife. And for this passage of scripture, we need to look at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Now, in the first 6 verses, Peter is addressing women, the wives, and being married to an unsaved husband, but now he tells the husbands what their responsibility is to be, and he says in verse 7, "You husbands likewise, Live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman and grants her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Many women complain that their husbands don't understand them. You know what? They're right. They're right. Most of the time when a wife says, my husband doesn't understand me, she's usually right. We don't understand. Most husbands really don't know what they should know about their wives, and we have to face that. So God put a verse in the Bible commanding us to learn about the woman that we married. Because we don't naturally understand them, God says, I'm commanding you to understand them. Let's look at this verse. Let's dissect it. He begins by saying, you husbands likewise Live with your wives in an understanding way. The literal Greek says here, according to knowledge. The good translation or with understanding, but literally it means according to knowledge. Be a learner, understand them. We are to understand the woman that we marry. But how many men complain to their wives, I just don't understand you. What were you thinking when you did this? I would never have handled it this way. How could you do this? Why would you do something like this? My son and I have this horrible little saying that we picked up, which goes like this. Women, you can't live with them, and you can't live without them. That's a terrible little saying. That's a terrible... There's truth to that, but there... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Scratch that from the tape. Let's stretch that. But we have little sayings in our society about women and who can understand a woman and things like that. And the problem is, men don't naturally understand women. And you know why? Because they aren't women, they are men. And they have the feelings of men, and they have the perspectives of men. And then they get married, and they can't understand why their wife doesn't feel the way they do, why she doesn't see a problem the way they do, why she doesn't react to a problem the way they would, why she does things differently than he would do it. And, and you know why? Because she's a woman. She's not a man. Isn't that profound? And imagine, you pay me to study this. Think about that. And I've just told you that men are different from women. But that's right. That's right. But this is what Peter says. Notice as we go on in verse 7, you husbands likewise live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel since she is a woman. Now Peter says that that she is a woman. She is different. In other words, husbands don't expect your wives to act like you do because she's not you. She's a woman. God has made her different from you. She's called the weaker vessel. Let me just clarify this. He is not talking about being weaker intellectually. He is not talking about being weaker spiritually. He is not talking about being weaker necessarily emotionally. He is saying she is weaker physically. Not spiritually, that's for sure. Because as you look at the rest of verse 7, it says, Since she is a woman, grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. She's a fellow heir of salvation and and life and all that God gives to us. So spiritually, she is not a second-class citizen, but she is weaker physically. Now, therefore, since she's different from you men, and you don't naturally understand how this wife of yours thinks and feels and responds, then it is your responsibility and my responsibility concerning my wife to learn about her. That's all this verse is saying. Since you don't normally know, it doesn't come natural to us how a woman feels and thinks and responds. We are therefore to be students of our wives and understand. But many, many men, husbands, never take the time to learn about their wives. That's very sad. In fact, many men don't even know this Bible verse exists. They don't take the time to learn about their wives, or they know it exists, they don't take it seriously. Listen, something is very wrong, and listen to this. Something is very wrong when a man knows more about his favorite sports team than he does about his wife. Does that cut a little bit? When a man knows more about his business, his job, his career, than he does about his wife. When a man knows more about his automobile or hobby than he does about his wife, and yet that is the plight of many a home. A man is an expert on a lot of things, but he's not an expert on his wife, and something is very, very wrong about that. So how does a husband learn about his wife? How does he take a course on what I call Wifery 101? How does he do that? Well, let me give you some practical suggestions, and ladies, if the men, your husband has not asked for a pen until now, just give it to him so you can write this down. I'm going to give you three suggestions on how to learn more about your wife. Okay, men, you ready? Number one, one of the best times to learn about our wives is when she's upset or you're having an argument. That's right. Why is this a great time to learn? Because this conflict reveals a lot about her. She's telling you about herself. She's telling you what bugs her. She's telling you what bothers her. It's revealing, but we often miss it. You know why? Because we're thinking about what we're going to say. We're not listening to her. We're busy building our defense, building our argument. And so we lose that precious time. She is telling you more about herself in that moment than, than you can learn a long time. We're not listening to her. Not learning the way she thinks, the way she sees. Why is this bothering her? Because we're too preoccupied with criticizing her. And making our own defense. So listen to her when she's upset. Be wise. Listen when she's upset. And really hear what she's saying. Stop defending yourself. This will give you a world of information on the woman you married. Secondly, ask her questions. Ask her questions. If you want to learn about something or someone, it is common sense that you ask questions. That's just a very basic Common sense approach to learning about something or someone. You want to ask perceptive questions. I have in my office, and I'll be happy to give it to any man who requests it of me. A list of fifty questions to ask a wife, and I'm going to give you a sampling right now. So, men, you can write some of this down. Here's a question. These are perceptive questions. I, have, like I said, I have fifty of these, but I'm not going to go through fifty. Okay. One. What makes you the happiest as a woman? A wife? A mother? I dare say that that many men, if not most here today, don't know what makes their wives happiest as as a mother, as a woman, as a wife. It's a perceptive question. What makes you the saddest as a woman, a wife, a mother? What do you fear the most? What is it that causes you the most fear in life? That's a good question to ask. See, these are not surface things. These are not things that you ask during commercial breaks. Another question, what do you look forward to the most? I think that's a good question. What are you looking forward to in the future the most? You'll learn a lot about her. Another question, at what times do you need the assurance of my love the most? Now, that's very, very healthy for your relationship, but at what times do you need the assurance of my love the most? Another question, what concerns do you have that I do not seem interested in? Well, that may hurt, but after all, you're learning about her. Don't cut yourself out of this. Another question, what things do I do that irritate you? I don't know why there are Snickers in the crowd, but and there are more, so I'll give it to any man who asked me for this list. The list does go on, but that's a sampling. So, First suggestion is listen to her when she's upset. Second suggestion is ask her questions. You're not a mind reader. you don't know unless she tells you and you've got to ask. Third suggestion is, do some of the things your wife normally does to understand what she goes through. Stay with the children one night, and let her go out. Do you know there are many men who don't let their wives go out? That's right. I find that horrible. Wife's been stuck home all day, and she wants to go out, but this man can't stand cleaning diapers. I don't know anybody who loves cleaning diapers. You Just do it. It'll do you some good to clean up some stinky diapers. And even if you're past the point of having little children who are in diapers, stay home. Let your wife go out. You stay home. Let's go back to the children. Stay with the children one night. Let her go out. How about letting her go out with some friends for a weekend? Men like to get away. They go to little conferences, little business things. Let your wife do that. And listen, you spend the day with the kids, and you fix some hurts and give baths and settle quarrels and help with homework. And you might understand why at times she's a little cranky when you come home. See, you don't understand these things unless you have been in her shoes. Now, I'm not suggesting that a husband become Mr. Mom. But I am saying that until you you experience something of what she experiences and, and taste something of her role on occasion, then you just won't understand her. And you won't fulfill 1 Peter 3. When you do understand what it means to be a woman and a wife, at least something, and a mother, and you'll better understand the way she does things and why she does things differently than you do.
2: That's good advice, Steve. I've done that myself, and it sure gave me a lot of respect for what my wife does and for the specialized skills and knowledge she possesses. You know, it's easy to think that the skills and knowledge used in, say, offices or factories is somehow superior to those needed in the home. In reality, both are equally important. So if you haven't already walked a mile in your wife's shoes, why not give it a try this week? That will also make it easy to express genuine appreciation for what she does for you. If you would like to have a CD of this study, our web address is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. While you visit our website, you can hear this program again and also find a podcasting opportunity. Verse by Verse Ministries of Clearwater, Florida presents this Bible study. It's a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been supportive of their local church.
0: We are here to give you strength between.